This episode of MBSing is sponsored by The Second City. Love comedy and filmmaking? The Harold Ramis Film School's year-long program at The Second City is for you. Visit RamisFilmSchool.com for more info. I do my head toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Hello, welcome to MBSing. I am your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is my friend Casey Whitaker, and we talk about her love of feminism reborn unfortunately this whole process started uh due to an intrusion in casey's home that scared her obviously it made her fear for her own life and her safety as a woman and have to go through all of this due process as a result of trying to seek repercussions for uh what was done and finding no real solace in that process and realizing how many people, women specifically, go through that um, on a daily basis. And then using those experiences and others uh, that were then heightened because of that experience um, to create comedy and art and use the voice that she has as a performer and as a teacher and writer and coach and director to put those uh you know concerns on a higher level on a new platform put them in a new light and using that to be able to speak out about uh violence against women and um uh the idea of of creating your own reality and uh yeah yeah it was fucking profound. It was awesome. It was such a good conversation. I can't believe Casey and I go all the way back to uh, IO class days and uh, have both just, you know, kind of done so many of our own things uh, since then. And so awesome to get to kind of sit down and see um, how her life has been so uh, changed and affected um, in the last year or so uh, as a result of all of these... Uh, occurrences and um the way that it's kind of affected her path as an artist and as a performer it's really inspiring i truly loved this conversation i loved how um intimate she got with me about some things that were really scary for her and the ways that they've really um you know came out in uh the things that she's done since then thank you so much casey for joining me um casey is a writer for the game Utter Nonsense, that past guest of the show, Tim Swindle, who's a creator of. How cool is that? What a little sweet tieback. She's also a teacher and performer at Second City. She works for Segway. She works for the sweet-ass ping-pong bar in Chicago. It's nuts, man. Girl hustles, and I respect that about her. Speaking of the hustle, if you want to see a live show, you can come to the Fishbowl at the Annoyance Theater every Thursday night at 9.30 to see myself, and some other folks close out a show wherein teachers and performers get to play with students. It's fun. It's a good show. If you like improv, you will like it. If it's good the night that you come. That's the nature of improv, right? We all know that. Uh, another show coming up that I'd like to go ahead and announce is uh, one that the Nerdalogs are doing in Los Angeles, California on September 19th. It's a Monday night at 8.30 I will not be present, but our fearless uh, Your Stories host, Eric Garneau, will be there holding a Your Stories at UCB Sunset. Beautiful venue. Slab dab between two amazing shows. Come early, stay late, 
uh, see past guests of MBSing Jesse Stegner tell a story during that show. The theme is long distance, and the whole lineup is great. So if you're looking for a storytelling show to see in Los Angeles in the next couple weeks, I'd encourage you to check that one out. Uh, other than that, got a few things in the pipeline, but everything's a little too early to leak right now. Come on, guys. I can't show my whole hand, right? I don't know. Maybe I can. Um, you should know that after this interview, Casey's biggest lament was, and I quote, I didn't even talk about my pussy ring. And then she showed me that she was wearing a ring that plainly says pussy on it. I don't know a better way to intro this wonderful conversation. But the nice thing, because these are on little, um, you know, arms, is you can sit comfortably however oh, you'd like. Oh, okay. And then kind of bring it to bring you. Bring it to me. As opposed to... Because I'm a feminist reborn. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Bring it on! Bring it to me. You will serve me. <laughs> yes. This is exactly the way that this should be getting started. <laughs> yeah, these are very... Um, feminist forward um, mic stands. I never thought about it. It's like, yeah. I don't have to sit how you want me to. <laughs> no. I'm going to make you conform you adjust. I want to sit. Yeah. And bring me the other quarter that I deserve. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so true. Um, I was watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend last night mm. and there's a number um, called Dream Ghost and all three of the Dream Ghosts are women. It's... Uh, God, I don't know the actress's name, but she has been in a ton of other stuff. And Ricky Lake and the woman who played Mercedes on Glee. So it's just these three like badass women singing this amazing song. And one of the lyrics is like, uh, we're all women because this job does not pay well. <laughs> and it just like killed me. And that like in the middle of this song that's supposed to be about like dreams and like totally made up and all this stuff they just start talking about like how bad their dental plan is and like it's just like it's very if you haven't watched that show it's really yeah i've seen like one or two episodes it's very indicative of the kind of like thing that they'll just kind of slip in and be like hey also like right women don't get paid enough (laughs) totally i love Uh, it it's great i like it a lot i think you i think you'd appreciate it It I've, i've been called a skinnier ricky lake (laughs) <laughs> right before I went on stage for stand-up in Atlanta. No way. And I was like, thank you, sir. Uh, that's my grandma who came to watch if you want to <laughs> sit with her. I'm going to take your compliment. Question mark. And go on stage now. Uh, so this, I think that feeds in nicely <laughs> to the topic as well. <laughs> it's all kind of tied in. I mean, huh? Ricky Lake's beautiful. Like He yeah. could have just said, you look like Ricky Lake. Exactly. That's and I would have been saying. like, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no no one needed to be like unnecessarily yeah. body shamed in this no. conversation. No. And he w- I I don't know, maybe he would because like like but I feel like he wouldn't do that to a dude. Like he wouldn't say like no. this dude looks like a skinnier John Goodman or something no, like that. No, no one would say that. Like, dude looks like John Goodman. Right. Uh my guest today is Casey Whitaker. Hi. <laughs> yes. And she's going to be talking to me about her uh, Feminism Reborn. Yes. Yes. What's the origin of this experience for you? Okay. So I want to talk to you about last year when I had uh, a kind of traumatic experience when a man entered my bedroom 
while I was sleeping in my room. Um, it was last summer, Wrigleyville. Um, luckily, my boyfriend happened to be staying the night and is like, like I call it Southside Bill when he just like, all of a sudden is like very aggressive. <laughs> is he from the South? Yes, side? yes. I could totally see that as yeah. like underlying totally. in his personality. Yes. <laughs> Even so he though like he's like popped this up. incredibly nice, like open person. Right. <laughs> yeah. But he he can get intense. Mm-hmm. Um and he so he, he hopped up and he like got him out of there. Um the guy ended up coming in again. Um, both times through my roommate's bedroom window, but we didn't look in there because she was gone and we don't go, I don't go in her room if yeah. she's not there. Shit. So you didn't even know that's how it was happening? No. So the second Fuck, time, we, terrifying. we just didn't know. We are like, oh, maybe the back door was open. The back door was never open. God, I can't imagine the paranoia. The dude like broke through like a storm window, a screen, a regular window my roommate was a very sloppy person <laughs> somehow got over her like grandmother's like vase collection <laughs> on the windowsill like all of this shit not That's making crazy. a peep are not you making kidding a me peep like so meticulous and opened my bedroom door like a mouse like quiet as a mouse and like when bill had him and was like taking him out he was like what are you doing like you can't what are you doing here and he was like oh i'm looking for my friend he never yelled out for anyone was not he was a fucking creep who lived in the building like across the courtyard and had seen my roommate Cassie and I move in that week. So it, you had just moved into this apartment? Yeah, very Casey. very preemptive, very like I he wasn't after my jewelry. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like he knew he saw you guys moving in and right. was like coming to break and into your apartment. And that the patio back window Cassie's room didn't have a bar, which I didn't know cuz I had the front room. So that's how he came in. Really, really creepy and scary. And like, just with this feminist thing, like, I've always, I've lived in the city eight or nine years. I've, I mean, Bill and I moved in now, but like, I've never lived with a dude. I've never needed anybody, like, on my own, like, doing my thing. Yeah. And then it was just like, so quickly, I felt like a child again. Like, I couldn't sleep alone. I would wake up like every morning at 4 a.m. and just like stare at my bedroom door. Like just kind of any, like even doing shows, the adrenaline from shows would remind me of the adrenaline I felt that night. Oh God. So like doing shows for a while wasn't really fun because it was the same feeling. How close together did it happen? Um, Like Like the two times that he broke Like 15 minutes apart. (gasps) But we, I was so hysterical that we didn't call 911 right away because I was, like, so upset. So Bill was trying so to, like... So Bill kicked him out and he came back in? Yeah. That is insane. And then he had to do it again. And then we called the cops for real and Bill wouldn't let me out of my room. Like, he told me to just hold the door and call 911. For the oh second time, God. he had to fight him off. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I remember in that moment, I laid there. It was summer, first of all, so I was not in clothes because <laughs> it was hot, hot and it wasn't like you a shouldn't thing. shouldn't have to be. Yeah, it, Bill and I went straight to bed, but like I was hot. Right. Even if I'm alone, I just sleep naked. Like, yeah, yeah I'm hot. So I remember the door opening. First of all, this dude 
six foot. Bill's six one, six two. This dude was two inches taller than him. Fuck. And about fifty to eighty pounds heavier than Bill. And Bill's like a medium guy. Yeah. So, in my mind, it was this thing. Like I remember just freezing. I did not move. I did not scream. I did not. I literally froze. Like that flight fighter flight yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. Like I just froze. Yeah. So if Bill hadn't been happening to stay in the night that night. Who knows? I don't know if I would have been able to fight this huge dude off. Yeah. And I was already naked. You know what I mean? Like, how vulnerable. Like, just so really, really, really scary. Like, like I could have easily been a statistic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 I mean, that seemingly was his, you know, his M.O. Like... If he just came into your room. Right. No. And like, obviously, you, and I'll tell you about the court process, but right. you can't prove intent, right? I couldn't, I had no proof that this person was coming to rape me, right? right. I don't, I can't prove that. Right. Um, but, you know, you have those feelings and you trust your gut and like there was something very fishy, like nothing was stolen. He didn't touch anything. If, if he thought he was in his own apartment he never yelled for anyone like he i don't know i how would he have gone through someone else's room thinking that he knew where he was right like (laughs) like it just didn't add up his alibi didn't add up right it just it felt really fucked up so what door the did the police find him when he came that night yeah so it took them 30 minutes to get to me if Bill, again, if Bill had not been there and I don't have a lock on my door and this man is twice my size, I don't think 30 minutes um, is a super easy thing for me to keep a person off me, right? Right. Um, so that was disheartening right off the bat. Um, they walk in and like, I'm still very upset and Bill's trying to help explain what happened. Um and immediately, they're just like, well, you need to lock your door next time. Are you serious? Yeah. There's a lot of like, well, check your doors and this and this. And like, we pointed out the window, but they just didn't really seem to understand. the Like, they just didn't give a fuck. I mean, they probably deal with so much more serious things. Right. The other thing they can't do now is we could point out where we thought he lived. Um and sometimes our landlord would group text everyone. So I think I knew his name too. So I was like, I think he lives there. This might be his name based on like, you know, be- living in the building. You're and putting together. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they can't like, you know, in movies when they like bust down the door. <laughs> right. Like they can't do that. Right. Right. <laughs> so they, they can, they knocked and knocked help. and he didn't answer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so they couldn't get arrest him or do anything. So... So then um, about a month went by where, oh, no. So the next, so that was on a Friday morning, Friday night, like, 4 yeah, a.m., yeah. Um, you can't file for a warrant on the weekend, <laughs> okay? <laughs> what? <laughs> when all the crime happens, you can't file for a warrant on a weekend, That's okay? crazy. Insane, right? <laughs> So oh, on Monday, sorry, it's Friday. This crime's gotta wait until yeah. Monday. Yeah, wait two days. 
Like, so, let alone if you actually had been assaulted. Totally. Oh, boy. So then, Monday morning, I go to the courthouse on Western and Belmont to file for a warrant. Mm-hmm. Um, for my own safety and for other women, like, so that this doesn't happen to them, right? Sure. So, um, me and my roommate go, you know, she wasn't there that weekend, so she didn't really fully feel how fucking scared it and scary that was. Sure. Um, but like there was handprints in her bedroom wall of where he studied himself As to like, like climbing creep. down. Yeah. Anyway, so we go in. It takes 45 minutes for the warrant officer to come down to this separate waiting room. So we're in, it's like an 80s old school that they turn into like a courthouse. Like it's ugly as hell. So <laughs> depressing. The entire waiting room for the warrant officer, all women. Oh my God. Of course it was. Not a single man in the entire place. Except for this teenager who peed in a cup and was holding it next to me, waiting for his paro- for his um, officer yeah. to like test his pee. Um, so that was really fucked up. And then like, um, like, you know, when you go to the doctor, you get to go to the doctor's room, you go to a room and then you tell the doctor what's wrong with you. Um, here it's like about 15 or 20 people, but you have to go by your section or your district. Yeah. So based in my district, this is the courthouse I was supposed to go to. Yeah. Um, you have to tell basically what happened to you in front of I like this front desk no in front of everyone in the waiting room you stay in your chair as if you're telling the doctor about your syphilis from the waiting room so the doctor or the warrant officer comes in and then we all have to share like what happened to line? us in front of each other oh my god <laughs> that is insane yeah yeah oh my god yeah, it, it was very depressing and hard, you know, hearing their stories and then having to relive mine in front of all these strangers. I was going to say, and all these people having to say this, like, incredibly intimate, horrifying thing, like, no telling what it actually was. Right. And then, you know, as soon as someone says something horrible, you feel like, oh, well, I guess mine's not that bad. Maybe I should, you know? like. So, and then let's take that woman idea of, like, oh, this was my fault, oh, my oh. thing isn't as big, I'll just deal with it, right? Yeah. And then we're going down the spiral where we're at and fault somehow every woman. when it's not our fault. <laughs> so then it takes a month or two for them to find him, even though I have his address and his name now, to give him, serve him the warrant. So oh the first court date comes and he's not there because they never, an officer never... Informed served. him that he was um, all the while still living in this apartment building. In the same place. <laughs> and my landlord couldn't grasp why that was a problem for me. Um, I mean, I stayed at Bill's all the, time. all the time. But again, here's this moment where I as a woman and a person have to like. Couldn't be. Readjust my life yeah. because someone tried to. This place you had just moved into. Yeah. Which it was this we lived there before, but we were down in the garden unit oh, with gotcha. the 
feces flood of 2015. No, 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 no. (laughs) Which is why we moved to the higher unit. So we had been working with this landlord before, but this was the first week in the new unit. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So um, when we started going to court, Bill would take off work every time and come with me. Um, And when you get there, there's a door that says... um, you know, witnesses go through this door, defendants through this door. Right. So bad guys go here, and then the witnesses this way. So you go through your door, but then when you get inside, it's church it's pew same. seating, yeah. and you just sit next to either your attacker or somebody else's. <sighs> and it's just so bizarre. Yeah. And then, like, the state's attorneys, which my case got passed to, like, four or five different state's attorneys. Really? They're all giggling and talking, like, another fun day at work while we're all here, like... This is the this most is judgment day, and we want to cry. Happened. Yeah. Um, there was a. I think every time I had this like older judge, who like actually made it a little bit bearable because he would make sarcastic comments, um, and like keep it light. Like there was a few moments that Bill and I found some laughs, which kind of helped since we had to go so often. Ugh. Um. But one time we came and um, some people were just there for like um, public indecency and stuff. You know, it it was like very level of, right. Um, And at one point the judge is just like, "Uh, okay, you know what? If you did something stupid at the Grateful Dead concert, just come up at once. No, stop. (laughs) So that made me laugh. I thought that was great. How many people was (laughs) it? Like 10. (laughs) 10 people. Um, one time, oh my God, <laughs> one time there was, so they announced the bad guy's name first and then they ask if the witness that, or the person like, who was is attacked present. is present. And if you're not present, the case gets thrown out. Jesus. So you, I had to go every time or else, you know, whatever, no consequence. And like, imagine someone who couldn't do that, you know? Like, who couldn't afford to, you know, take time off work Mm -hmm. or, like, if they had a family or something like that. Like, I'm sure there are so many people who face that situation where they just don't, they can't even carry out the process because the process is so convoluted. And as fucked up as this country is to women, at one point, his lawyer, when he finally showed up, he had a lawyer. And the lawyer pitched to the state's attorney, my state's attorney, like, Hey, can we drop all charges? He goes to therapy three times, um, and that's the deal. And she brought it to me three and, times or something like that. End of sentence. Yeah, like a, a, a and certain like number get of evaluated or something. She brings it to me, and I, as a woman in America, got to say yes or no to it. Mm-hmm. I obviously said no, right? And we continued with the charges, but. I thought for a second there, I had to take a second and at least be thankful that they I do live in a country where I was allowed to be like, that is not enough yeah. and that's not okay. That wouldn't make me feel safe. You know? Yeah. So that was kind of a good thing that happened. Sure. Um, there was two other funny things. So at one point, <laughs> so they announced the bad guy's name and they announced this guy's name and he's clearly drunk and high. Oh, no. And he, they're like, uh, Mark Williams or something. And he stands up and he's like, hey, ho, I'm Mark. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. No. It's just like clearly out of his mind, like drunk. And oh they immediately, God. the bailiff takes him away and like he couldn't have his 
<laughs> like day in court because he was like still partying oh um, my god but like it was so silent and then this person who's just like i'm mark williams <laughs> you know it's like what that's oh not oh my god you can't do that and i feel like it would be like you know like a church service where if something funny happens right and you you like hurt yourself because you don't want to laugh out loud. But then, yeah, Bill and I were doing that. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that because, intensity. Yeah. And you're also so anxious. It's all like wrapped up and wound. Totally. It was all of that. Oh, my God. I can't imagine how like contrasting those moments <laughs> would have been. <laughs> but my favorite one, this guy comes up and he is being charged for vandalism, he um, jumped on top of this random woman's car <laughs> and just jumped up and down on the top of it and, like, dented the roof and all of this damage to her car. Uh. And the woman is there. She's this middle-aged woman, and she's standing there. And the, this kind of old, funny judge is like, Sir, can you just explain why you would do this? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Your Honor, I'm very sorry. Uh... The day of the incident, I had just gotten engaged, and I was celebrating. Oh, my God. Um, And then the judge, without skipping a beat, is like, well, I would hate to see what happens if she said no. (laughs) It was amazing. Oh, that's incredible. And then... That's, like, perfect comedic (laughs) timing. (laughs) Totally. And then um, he was like, does your fiancé know what you've done? And she, like, this little mousy girl in the pew is like, yes, I'm so embarrassed, you know. Um, and then he, and then the guy's like, sir, your honor, am I allowed to, can I apologize to this woman? And then he, like, does this apology, but, like, it's, you still, like, fucked her car. Yeah, right. And, like, you're, you're still going to have to pay for it and, like, right. whatever. But, like, right. I, I had, that was, like, this moment of, like, oh, my God, like, that's why he did that? Right, right. Well, it at least took you out of your happened. own thing yeah. for a second to be sure. like okay this is insane yeah yeah it's funny i think i think that's probably why we like make so much um like television and film about like courtrooms and mm-hmm. like police you know stuff is because we kind of want to like either make sense of it or you know it's such a you know enigmatic thing that it's like you know let's make a hundred hundreds of episodes of like you know dick wolf shows Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just like (laughs) uh but i feel like that's so reflected in society but it's probably not ever actually portrayed in the way that it gets carried out (laughs) so different than what i you know had seen in tv or thought it would be right um yeah. Uh, so, like, over the course of you having to go, mm-hmm. what would, like, how would it progress each time? Like, well, the first time he didn't show, and thinking back after, I was kind of okay with that eventually because I don't think I was ready to face him. Sure. Uh, the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm trying to, this was a year ago, so I'm trying to remember. I think we went two more times. Um, um, There was a point where he did show up and um, it was time to leave. Jesus. And how long would you have to sit there? He was like all day. 
Um, yeah, you had a certain, you had an hour you were supposed to be there, but depending on when your case was and that amount of time, you, yeah, we could have sat, we've sat there for an hour or two sometimes. Gotcha. Um, but. And it's criminal court, separate, you know. Yeah, right. Um, but he was out in the lobby with his lawyer and when it was time to leave for the day, I don't know if we like ran out of time and we had to reschedule or we never got to the case or something. Mm-hmm. And um, Bill like looked out and saw this guy still standing there and he was like, oh, well, let's wait a second. And it was the second or third visit. And I was like, you know, you know what? Like, I'm ready to leave this horrible building right now. And I'm not going to hang back and wait for this asshole who should like, have been here already kind of thing. Yeah. Who like ruined my sense of safety for six months, like have anything else. Yeah. So I just like walked past him purposefully, oh, just like I with see, my head I held see. high, like I'm going to leave this Bill building now. Bill wanted to wait because he wanted him to like leave. Yeah. He, he didn't left. know if that would have bothered yeah, me. And I was like, no, gotcha. let's just Good go. for you, man. Because like, but like it would have taken a long time to get to that point. Totally. And it did. It was like, I mean, God bless therapy. Like, <laughs> I found that like a year or two ago mm-hmm. and that's been really helpful. Um, but yeah, I had to like double up for a little bit and just like get through all of those emotions. I cannot imagine. Yeah. So how did it e- even end up be getting like settled? Um, so yeah, like I said, I it got passed to four or five different states attorneys. Um, at the first, the first two were women who I felt like cared about the case a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, by the end, though, it was some white dude, state's attorney, and um, we ended up. I think we lowered the, um, not the verdict, the sentence. Sentence, um, or we changed it. We changed the charge from like it was like criminal trespassing. With intent or something yeah, like that. Yeah, to something lower, just so that they would take a deal. Um, and it was like a year's probation or something. Um, but that doesn't... So, like, not not supervision or anything. It's like if he would to do anything else within that time, he would, like, immediately come up. Oh, it'd be, on, like, flagged or something. Yeah, yeah. So some kind of specific probation. And at least he would have a record now. Right. Um, so I don't know. And that's hard too. Cause it's like, we all want to believe that everyone has good in them. And yeah. you know, I did, I wasn't out to ruin anyone's life and sure. like, but for the respect for myself and the respect of other women who live in the city. Um, you know, so then the other part was the landlord, um, was going to evict him, but their lease was ending before the eviction would come through. So he Uh, was eventually out before me. Um, but I still moved to, I couldn't sleep in that place anymore. Um, but knowing that he would be in another apartment building somewhere else, you know, on the North side of Chicago somewhere, who knows, Still, you know, like, yeah, I still wanted something to prove that, yeah, like there was some record of this. Yeah, I mean, in case he ever did this to someone else, like eventually it became less about me and more of like, how do I make sure, at least for a year, that this doesn't happen to another woman? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how could you not? 
want that to at least carry through the whole way. It seems like that's the biggest thing that the justice system fails to do in these cases Mm -hmm. is like, or fails to recognize because you see all these high profile, you know, Brock Turner, which uh, I, that's the neighborhood next to mine that I grew up in. Are you serious? Oakwood is next to Beaver Creek in Ohio. And a a few, you know, a few other of like, there's one that just came out this week that was like really similar situation, Mm -hmm. you know, and you know, and the, the judges are literally saying things like, we don't want to ruin this boy's right. life. And it's like, oh, okay, so so you don't you don't want to, quote unquote, ruin his life, but you're okay with him continuing to ruin someone else's? Right. Like, we're okay with just letting this slide as a mistake. And it's, even though this per- person has proved they have the, proven they have the capacity to do this, it's baffling. Yeah. It's- so... Yeah. All of that's to say good for you for doing as much as you could to try to keep that from being the case. Totally. And even though I'm sure the, it just made him it taking, harder for you. Yeah, and with him taking the deal, we didn't actually have to do the full blown trial where I had gotcha. to like test. And I go back and forth on that sometimes. Stuff. I feel like if I maybe had told all of the details, maybe we could have gotten him on something more of intent. Right. Uh, But at the same time, you know, maybe I wasn't supposed to relive it again. It's your time and Um, energy and... Yeah. And he didn't have a record prior, which is also good. So... Yeah. um, Hopefully this was just some fluke. You know, we can only hope, but... And it... But we don't know for sure. And so I had to see it through and... Yeah. Jesus. Well, okay. Thank you for going through that. Yeah. It's like crazy and scary and crappy uh but i think that's a good you know um like launching point into like how do you feel like that cultivated you know how do you feel like you view the world after that because it seems to me and talking to you about it that mm-hmm. it really kind of shifted a lot of things for you or at least con- in conjunction with a number of things shifted yeah i think it sort of reignited my fire to help women and speak for women and own everything that comes with the word feminist, you know, good for you, man. Um, a lot of it with my projects that I've been taking Mm -hmm. and working on, um, and just, yeah, just no apologies anymore for any of it. Right. What's the, have you, um, have you like, use that specific experience to influence like a show or a piece or anything like that? Um, I guess not really the um, actual event. Right. Um, so a few years ago I wrote a play or a short film actually um, that the Goodman commissioned from a few of us to film, to write and film these like quick, short films that would be played in the lobby during this um, play by Regina Taylor. Um, and they ended up not following through on it. Dang. Um, but I had sort of, the topic was up to you. So I had kind of written a um, violence against women exploration multimedia piece. Oh, wow. Um, and so I was kind of just sitting on it. 
Um, and then we, Second City went to, Redco went to St. Mary's um, two years ago. And we did Which is a in... show. It's the Notre Dame Sister School. Oh, right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And um, we did a show out there and um, a few of us taught some workshops. And I just felt really connected to the women there and the instructors. And um, it just really kind of felt right. Um, and we totally clicked. So um, about a year after that, I reached out to them and I was like, hey, like, I wrote this thing that never ended up getting used. Um, it's an all-female piece. Would you guys have any interest? That's so great. Um, yeah. And so coming up in the spring, um, I'll go out to St. Mary's for six weeks and do um, an artist in residency there. And I'll direct and produce this multimedia violence against women piece that I wrote called lucky liar loser. That's so Um, cool. And that's been a really cool thing to look forward to, um, as well as, you know, researching and I need to blow this sort of short film size thing into a two act thing. So I'll be rewriting it. Um, I'll fall. Cool. Okay. I was going to ask if you had, um, like adapted it, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna start working on that soon. Cool. Yeah. Do you think it'll still maintain a lot of the like multimedia? Yeah, yeah, because cool. I want to get a bunch of the different departments involved. Oh, I want to nice. film some of it that will then project. Right. I actually, I also want some of the dance department in it, um, as well as the theater students. Um, and for me, it was about so it's called Lucky Liar Loser, and so it's almost in three parts. Um, where I'm, for me as the author, I'm trying to understand all the different sides of this thing. So the lucky one thinks that they're lucky and that they've never been hit by a boyfriend or husband and they've never been abused. And then we see that she was emotionally abused, but it wasn't physical. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or um, the liar who was abused and never never told anyone, right? Um, and then we see how that affects other women down the line because this person was never reported. Um, and then the loser part is knowing a friend who was getting abused by her husband and never speaking up. Almost mm-hmm. like complicity mm-hmm. is also, um, you know. Guilt. Guilt. Um, and exploring that as well. So, Dang, that sounds crazy yeah. fascinating. And then it'll, it'll probably blow up a little bit bigger than that. Yeah. But for me, it's like, I'm, it's no judgment to any of it. Right. More just like, I want to know how the mind works in like thinking any of that or, um, yeah, what's that about? Yeah. That's just so- understanding, not, you know, you're, this person's wrong for doing this. Right. Sure, you right, know, right. Not like shame on you, but right. more like shame on us. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That also seems to be a big, um, like, hot topic. Uh, well, this is probably even a good segue. Like, I feel like you know the Chicago community had uh, had it kind of come up a lot in the last year or so, but the New York comedy community has seen this like mm-hmm. surgence of like. A man being, uh, you know, like excommunicated basically from the community for Mm -hmm. being a known sexual predator and 
having these like loud voices from men saying like, well, why didn't you just go to the police? And instead of saying like, why didn't you just not rape a woman? (laughs) Right. uh, So it seems like that, you know, what you're doing, it seems like kind of an exploration of like, well, here's maybe why. And like your experience even is like, why? you know yeah to to a lot of degrees on a you know obviously like you said that you know it (laughs) bill being there and nothing happening is like obviously changes the situation thank goodness right at the same time it's like it's still this it's still indicative of how that all would have been treated yeah yeah for me the thing i've learned or noticed the most of doing the research for the play is we don't have a roadmap to like the first 24 hours after like there's no, there's just this automatic thing where the woman finds some way to blame herself Hmm. or denies it to the point where it's not reported or hides it out of shame Mm -hmm. or, you know, all of that. Like I wish, I wish there was a, a better dialogue about, like a stop, drop, and roll, you know? Like, right, because like it's, a, statistics a rule are statistics of thumb or something. And, like, if this is still, like, one in four, one in three, or whatever, like, I don't know. I, I want to work on that part, too, of, like, how do we deal with this? And, yeah, maybe being a white male on the Internet and, you know, blaming the women for the way they handled it, maybe that's, yeah, definitely not the way to go. Right, right, right. It's certainly not helpful in the conversation. No. <laughs> about actually preventing things like this from happening. And then the statistics of someone getting falsely accused is like, it's like 3% of cases. Right. So like, let's not even, if you say something happened to you, I am never not going to believe you. No. Like that's those, come on. Like, mm-hmm. I hate when the guys are worried about that. Like, yeah. well, what if somebody starts blaming me and thinking, telling people that I'm this? It's like, well, if you don't give someone a reason to do that. Yeah. Like, right. that's not the point of this conversation. Yeah. This is it's how hard. women are being treated. And this is the reality. It's hard. That is a hard thing to, like, add into the justicism of the U.S. as it is structured mm-hmm. because our justice system is structured literally around innocent until proven guilty. You know what I mean? Right. So like that, and I'm not even trying to like say like, I, I agree with you. And I think that this, that the way that the justice system is structured, like just what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like not encourages, but, um, uh, you know, it, it, reinforces this idea th- mm-hmm. of like wait wait let's pump the brakes do you like were you drinking you know what i mean right and like this barrage of questions well and if my story is any indication of how long it took six months to get any charges for something that was almost a thing that didn't actually turn into an assault and to, the, to that fullest knew, degree and you had you could point to like yeah. It was this person, you know, like this it's is where not he even, live and it still took six months for him to be on probation for a year. You know, like it. it's almost this yeah, moment of like, that's depressing. Yeah, it is. And it's like, so 
I don't is the or do we get any support from the justice system? Like, do we even matter in that way? It's like, right. Yeah, innocent <sighs> until proven guilty. But like, what about the victim? Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's all built around, and we don't want to be victims, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, sure. Like, honestly, if we could have taken care of this in a month, like maybe I could have moved on faster than waiting six months to finally get and it kind of like boiling under the surface yeah i don't know do you think that uh i mean it's obviously so like depressing and discouraging to uh like hear about that process and to have something like that happen in general do you feel like as a performer there's just a natural and not even a performer but someone who like enjoys being able to use your voice in a way that like you have command of an audience. Mm-hmm. Do you th- there's got to be something there to like not coping, but you know, turning it's that a gift negative and it's energy. a power. Yeah. Like, you know, doing comedy, it's like, yes, we want to make people laugh and ha ha ha. We're having the most fun ever. But yeah, it's also a place to do those things and to make people think, I mean, with the, all that stuff initially in the scene when they had that, like, um, that blackout day or something. Oh, yeah. It was a Monday when most theaters are already black. Right, right, um, right. Redco had the home show. And the, that the was... The Chicago comedy community had this, like, underground, um, like, petition from women trying to, you know, make themselves heard to just not go to shows or, like, not do any shows. Mm-hmm. But the date was kind of chosen arbitrarily. But you had a, you had a Red Co. Home Yeah, home which show. that was my full-time job at the time, and I couldn't, couldn't not, not do go, it. right? Um, so I ended up writing a scene um, somewhat based on an experience that I have had in that building, um, and I brought it in, and Toft um, and Nate DeFort were able to greenlight it without seeing a set and well, who's putting your, it. Na- um, uh, my director, Annalise Toft, right. yeah, and my producer, gotcha, Nate DeFort. Um, yeah, they greenlighted it in rehearsal that day, and I was able to put it into the real show um, that night. That's awesome. Um, and it ran. It, it toured um, for the last few months that I um, was, was you know, still, still with Red. Club. So that's awesome. That was really cool. And that was a moment where it was like, I am going to be on stage tonight, even though, you know, other people aren't. Right. Excuse me. Um, And I'm going to say something really, really vulnerable and hard that also people need to see. And it's not, there was some laughs in it, but it's also kind of a, <laughs> a hard thing to swallow. Right. Um, basically it was, um, it's like a law firm and the woman, a younger girl's moving into her office and like getting settled and her female boss comes in and, um, she just made partner and they're like, she's kind of a wacky boss. Um, and then she mentions this guy named Richard and it kind of turns the new attorney, um, off for a second because she's had some sexual harassment things with this person right um and so she starts to tell her mentor about it the mentor realizes it's the same person who did it to her um and it's sort of this moment of like why did she not tell oh because now she's partner you know oh shit (laughs) and then it ends with basically um the older woman saying you know 
I'm so sorry. I should have. And her, the, the younger girl saying, it's not your fault. And then the older woman saying, you should just do what's best for you. Like handle it differently than I did basically. Right. Like, yeah. We don't have to keep retreading the same path. Right. Man, that sounds great. I mean, that's so, I love what you said about like, well, I have to do this. So I might as well, you know, put it to good use and Mm -hmm. use this platform. I feel, um, I got really like sad and angry when a lot of artists started boycotting shows in North Carolina because the HB2, House Bill 2, um, the anti-trans like bathroom wall that they made. Mm-hmm. Um, because as someone who grew up in South Carolina and mm-hmm. could like easily see that kind of legislation affecting the way that people like came into the state that I grew up in, uh, that would have had such a huge impact on me as a young person in terms of like, oh, so I don't even get to see like the one like bastion of hope that I might have had, you know, mm-hmm. because I live in such a backwards place and, and, and I understand why artists do it and like, I respect it. But to me, it just seems like the stronger choice to go in and do it anyway right. and be like, fuck this state. Like I'm going to, you know, do this show for the people who want to be here anyway. And like, I've seen a, a lot of artists since then, like, contributing a lot of the proceeds from their show to like fighting the bill and Mm -hmm. like to you know lgbt groups in north carolina and it's just like to me that's just a stronger response yeah than just not showing up totally and we have these gifts and we need to use them yeah you know it's like they they want us to be quiet yeah and there's so many people there who like needed to see that sketch and like yeah should have seen something like that and realized the repercussions of that kind of situation right who just wouldn't have if you'd been quiet right you know if you hadn't shown up totally i've learned that so much in being here like Mm -hmm. i feel like i forget that other places aren't as like loud as this is yeah well and then chicago's a training ground we came here as little babies and <laughs> maybe we didn't have a strong point of view right away and like we didn't know how to speak up and when is it happening when these lines are being crossed by teachers and students it's when the 21 year old girl shows up to take a class you know right it's, this this would never happen to 29 year old Casey. sure like, yeah yeah yes, yeah right no no dude could fuck with not now mbs but like 22 yeah. year old maybe maybe you yeah. know and it's like that's what i think the disconnect of um t- discussing those things and having a game plan and being open and honest mm-hmm. you know with the younger generation more so than like oh they'll figure it out like we did mm. like you know what I mean? That's like, the biggest thing I get scared about in these like discussions about the comedy community is that like you and I have them, you know, I'll have them with women like Joe Scott, like women mm-hmm. who have been around for like longer than I have who like hustle and don't take shit. And you know, those are the women that I like have these conversations with. And I worry so much about those like babies, like you said, yeah. that they don't like know that what they you know shouldn't put up with and stuff like right. that so it makes me glad that the conversation seems louder louder than it was when i got here to be reaching that generation but i don't know yeah i think just communicating and 
Yeah, it's just, and it's so tricky, you know, it's like, there's probably a friend of yours that maybe did something <laughs> and we don't know how to navigate it. Eric and I, my boyfriend and I had that conversation like a few nights ago. Mm-hmm. Not, a, you know, not about any one person specifically, but like, what if it was someone you knew? Right. And it's like, how, you know, how would that affect the way that you entered that situation? Like if they had been accused of something mm-hmm. and it's just like, well, you know, I guess you still just have to take everything, you know, as it comes and not jump to any, like, not just be like, well, like, not that guy. Like, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think then it's asking the questions. And if that person is really your friend, then I think they would be open and willing if you, you know, Approached confronted it. them yeah. and asked like, dude, I heard this, what happened? What's up? Mm-hmm. And maybe you'll get some kind of response that is, you know, justifying this, a miscommunication and right. maybe you won't, but like, I or, think we have to start questioning things and be brave and trust our guts or else we're just going <coughs> to keep facilitating this cycle. environment. Yeah, yeah. Environment. Yeah. Yeah. Culture. I, I think that's definitely where it starts is, you know, a one-on-one with someone who you trust and that trusts you. Yeah. If you actually think that, <laughs> you know, I guess it's just a matter of like trying to, I don't know, be aware of when things like that are happening. And like you said, being willing to like confront someone about it. Right. Um, it's hard. It sucks. Like, but it doesn't suck as much as the alternative. Yeah. <laughs> or at least giving the person who did come forward mm-hmm. some like not benefit of the doubt but like um support yeah just like recognition that you heard them and that yeah. you listened yeah and that you're not just going to um criticize yeah or immediately brush it off as someone no one who was attacked will ever do it for attention yeah Instead, we're going to sit on it for 10 years, okay? Like, that's not a thing. Yeah. Like, no one is, like, picking a name out of the hat and then making up a story. Yeah. Like, that's insane. Right. right. Insane. Like, witch hunts just, like, don't exist. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. no one does that. Right. Right. And there's people who will never come forward because this is the environment and what would it do? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Oh boy. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Comedy. No, no. Feminist it's heavy. as fuck. Feminist as fuck. You had you said you have a, a feminist oh, yeah. as fuck shirt that you I do. have a, a fun, complicated relationship with. Yes. Not complicated for you, complicated for other people, really. Complicated for other people. <laughs> um I don't know why I like to wear it to the airport. Um <laughs> which um doesn't always go well. Um if I see a kid though, I'll like put my hand over the F word. Like the the, the fuck in. F word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm sure there are so many internet trolls referring to feminism as the F word. Totally. Yeah. One time there was like a dad and like a 12 year old daughter, and he like kind of shook his head at me, and I wanted to be like, "Sir, the F word on my shirt that your daughter doesn't know is not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You can." She's heard the bottom one before. Yeah, she probably says it. <laughs> and from you. Yeah, right. Like, right. why don't you 
take a day and like talk about the top <laughs> F word, you know? Yeah. You can throw in one fuck in like a PG-13 movie and it'd still be rated PG-13. Really? Like, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It literally, uh, there are um, number counts on like how many fucks you get and a movie can still be PG-13. It's like one or two. The movie, uh, The King's Speech, the only reason it was rated R because there's one scene where he says fuck like a bunch of times just because it's like a part of the, you know, his like stuttering and like his therapy right. and stuff. And that's why it was rated R. And I remember I was like 23 or four probably and I was going to see it at the Davis in Lincoln Square and they carded me. <laughs> oh my God. Because <laughs> uh, I had to be over 18 and uh, I was many years over 18 and I was going to see a movie about a British monarch trying to learn to give better speeches. No. <laughs> There's literally nothing else up rated R about that movie. It's just the word fuck. King like, speech. That's how like, prote- that's how weird our, you know, like guidelines are for movie ratings. Like we let people, we let kids do like crazy, way more crazy violence. Yeah. and stuff but like oof, more than one fuck and no way not nobody under 18 <laughs> no it's weird uh and you know just like i just feel like that's so uh <laughs> i totally agree with you that dude is missing the point <laughs> totally yeah like it kills in la like yeah. everyone's like loving it yeah <laughs> a few people in New York liked it, but I don't know. I feel like New Yorkers overall just seem like they like less things. Yeah, they're too busy walking to read my shirt. Yeah. Big walking town? Yeah, they walk a lot there. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you think there's anything kind of um, aside from the like, uh, lucky liar loser do you think there's anything kind of like on deck for you do you think that there's anything else that's kind of like untapped where this is concerned um yeah so this past two months i directed a one woman show for jamie allen called there's no coffee in heaven um <laughs> it wasn't like uh it was about her actual life mm-hmm. um and breaking up with a mormon church um she got pregnant when she was 17 because another Mormon boy uh, date rape drugged her. Holy shit. Yeah. And then she was forced to keep it. And it was just, yeah, it was a very oh heavy God. thing that we wanted to do with a little bit of comedic elements um, yeah. as well as give the story the um, the depth that it needed. Yeah. Um, for instance, for that scene, um, I I had her clearly come and sit in the house and then the lights went all the way down and the car scene where he's giving her the pill before the party is um, a voiceover and the lights are out showing the audience that she wasn't even present for it. <sighs> wow. So, so, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's like using kind tense. of those theatrical elements um, that's really to do cool. some of that. Yeah. Where did that show go up? Um, we did it at Second City a few times, and then she took it to the Fringe Fest, oh, um, and she got an encore performance and really great reviews. Um, we're bringing it back 
to Second City um, in November. Cool. And we're also working on some sort of um, variety, violence against women type show um, where we'll have some storytelling and um, some singers and just sort of um, a bunch of different people um, sharing some of their experiences. Cool. Yeah. It seems like that's um, becoming more prevalent, which I like in terms yeah. of, you know, using that, those kind of stages and those voices to just like be heard. Yeah. Yeah. At doing that show, it was like, it was a lot about the Mormon church. Um, but the other, you know, elements of violence against women were there and talking to people after her and like, um, I think it was like, I don't know if Jamie understood right away how important what she was doing had on other people, like the effect, like, um, yeah, I mean, to her, it's just like for her, it ends a very in a powering way. Like she talks about how, um, you know, she loves the person she is now and she has like, you know, it's all part of her journey. Um, and it has a very empowering out of the piece. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's important. Um, for people to see and yeah. know and um, yeah. Kind of like a, a survivor story. Yeah, yeah. Man, I can't imagine. <laughs> did you have much familiarity like with the Mormon church before that? I did actually. So like I said, I grew up kind of by Oakwood um, right. in Beaver Creek, Ohio. And I had a bunch of Mormon um, friends. Um, one of them used to write me letters from his mission so when a Mormon boy graduates high school, he goes to a mission for a year or two before he goes to BYU or whatever for college. Right. So he went to Russia and he would send me letters. And I actually wrote a play um, in college using some of those letters oh, for that's inspiration. Um, but it was an all-male cast. This is before I was Feminist Reborn. Right, okay. <laughs> right. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, so I knew a little bit, but... Let me tell you, there are some things I learned, okay? Uh, so if, so they're not allowed to have sex before marriage, right? Right. So some of them would um, be at BYU and they'd be like, okay, let's go to Vegas. They'd go to Vegas for the weekend because it was pretty close to the school. Get married, se- sex it up all weekend, get it annulled and come back to campus. Are you serious? Yeah. And they do something where they... You have sex with a girl's armpit instead oh, of her vagina. No. They just stick it in your armpit like this. Armpit? Can you hear that, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. Don't listen. Isn't that gross? Turn it up. That's a thing. Armpit! And they have special underwear that you have to have a special oh. card to get. And it goes, it's like long johns and right. stuff. And then you put your bra over it. Really? Yeah. So that you, like, don't... S- oh, I know. I know there's, like, weird... Because I've seen Angels in America. Okay. I know about okay. like <laughs> weird Mormon underwear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but I didn't know. So women have to do it too. And you wear your bra over it? Yeah. That sounds crazy uncomfortable. Totally. <laughs> Bras are already super uncomfortable. I know. <laughs> oh, boy. Just some crazy stuff. But, you know, armpit sex. Right? <laughs> Everyone was- go home and try. <laughs> That's baffling. <laughs> I mean, I've heard of the the Christian loophole is anal sex. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tried that once. And immediately said the safe word. And then also was like, why are we having sex to Tim McGraw? <laughs> I hate you, college. <laughs> so, okay. No more details about that. Uh, Mom, that was just a joke. Jokes. That it's was, not real. Yeah. I had a I had a joke with an old improv team that... It started on like a car ride that we all took together. Like males, females, we were all like very close, and someone just we were just like being very honest about all of our sexual histories. Oh yeah, and uh, we the the loophole, you know, came <laughs> up, and uh, you know, everyone had like a different experience. Or that's probably not true. It was about half and half. It was like some people were like, "Yeah, I've been in long enough relationships that like we got there," and then there was another half of us that was like, <laughs> um. Yes, in, no, out, never again. <laughs> yes. Which it seems like that's what yeah, your experience that's my was. Story. Uh, we shortened it so it's <laughs> yes, in, why, I, no, out, N, O, never again, in, A. So it was, you know, no. <laughs> so that was how we referred to uh, <laughs> I love that. anal sex from that point forward. That should be our new Yenona. improv team name. Yanona. That's good. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> get a slow clap going. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah, for some reason that just will always make me laugh. Yes, in, no, out, never again. <laughs> no shade, though. Like, if it's for you, right? Go for it. Yeah, just not for everybody. Nope. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> uh, I feel like no is one of those things, along with like. Um, you know, saying I'm sorry too much mm -hmm. and things like that, that women are so, I know I am guilty of mm -hmm. is like not being able to just give a straight up no and not always, but like in certain circumstances, not being mm -hmm. able to just give a straight no, not being able to not apologize for something that I wasn't responsible for. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like, um, you're kind of, uh, reborned, uh, mm -hmm. Feminism has made you more aware of moments like that. Like, yeah, I guess they're sometimes called. Uh, that's different. Never mind. Answer. The question. Yeah, mm -hmm. that and therapy of just like mm. knowing that you create your own reality, and the way you interpret things, you can control that. You know, Dang. not yes. not reading into everything or like taking everything so personally. Wow. Um, and knowing what you like now and what you don't like, and then just. Being true to yourself. Man, yes, you create your own reality. That's so important and is such a like I've never been to therapy. Um, I think about it a lot. But Yeah, dude. Uh, Do you have health care? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like not expensive at all. I should probably at least, you know, just try it. You should. Because like yeah, I mean this happened way before the break in that I started going. Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes I, I mean, I don't go super regularly. It's mm -hmm. kind of whenever I, I need to, mm -hmm. um, or have time sometimes. Like a check-in. Yeah. Um, but it changed everything. I, I used to take everything so personally and like, even just like in this industry where you hear no all the time and you try not to compare yourself to others, but you do. It's and really hard not yeah, to. Yeah. It's just like a, it can really get... 
I mean, obviously we all need to be broken or else we wouldn't be any good at this. Sure. Not many things. You need to hear no. Yeah. yeah. And we all need to, to have bullshit that we've been through. Sure. So we have something to say. <laughs> right. You sure. know? Sure. Um, but I think at some point, though, you can have enough self-respect to know your worth. Yeah. And to ask for what you want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's anything cocky or wrong with that. Cool. That's awesome. Because you can probably still hear no. Yeah. But at least you took the initiative. Like I know. I it's go and do things and yeah. like try. Like I'm sick of people complaining that they don't get things when yeah. they're, they're not. Ugh. Just hustle. I literally no have one's... a pillow in my house that <laughs> says hustle on it, okay? Yeah, I mean when you showed up today, yeah. Uh, and you know talked about the job that you came from and the one that you were supposed to be going to but you know don't have to and then I know for a fact that you do these other things I was just like damn you hustle yeah <laughs> uh, you write for um, Tim Swindle's game yes. uh, Utter Nonsense yes. now he's a past guest of the show yeah um, Tim's great that's great I just wanted to to get that in there a little sweet plug for Utter yeah. Nonsense when does the new I think game the, um, the newest pack should come out around Christmas cool that yeah. makes sense yeah does it uh, like replace the old game or yeah I think we re we redid some of the deck um, and then wrote some new things and then we're working on you know more Expansions. expansion packs that are very specific too very cool um, possibly an emotion one as well oh cool yeah like a like how would a person sound who is feeling this emotion yeah yeah that's interesting yeah but then keeping the jokes right you know. right like saying something really silly but saying it really sadly yeah, <laughs> yeah cool that's yeah. great I, I that sounds great yeah. um just wanted to give Tim some love totally um is there anything that you would feel uh, remiss to leave out of this conversation? Like, if you're going home today and we're like, mm. man, I really wish we talked about blank. Is there anything that you feel like we haven't uh, organically gotten to? I don't think so. Good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> I just, like, I always want to give people a chance if there's something they've been dying to talk about, but it uh, hasn't found its way in. Uh, cool. Well, then I'll ask. I know we've kind of danced around this a lot, but mm -hmm. uh, I'd love, I'm sure you have a good like bow to tie on it. Um, how do you feel like this uh, Feminism Reborn um, experience has influenced you creatively mm -hmm. and your life in general from there on out? I mean, so I just left Redco a month ago, a month or two ago, um, and I... I think I was the first person to have an all-female set. That's right. Um, so for my goodbye set, you know, you do all your favorite scenes that you wrote and people give speeches and all that. Um, and yeah, I just, I only wanted to do the all-female thing and mm -hmm. um, kind of use, again, like we talked about earlier, using that moment to say something instead of it just being, you know, a fun goodbye sure like i actually got to make a statement too i was gonna say or just like you know it's all about me you know right let's talk about me right now it's like no let's talk no. about us like, like i get 30 minutes and for for the first time like only women will take up that entire time like that's, that's 
that's badass and cool. That and is I, really I just badass. love that shit. That is really badass. I love that. Yeah. Good for you, man. I think that's a great, uh, you know, note for uh, how this has all kind of made you look at the shit that you do. Yeah. Um, and then I, I just finished teaching my first uh, adult writing class. Nice. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. And I got like a really great positive feedback. Um, and then someone wrote on their evaluation, um, she's great, but she had a feminist agenda, <laughs> uh, which I just, God bless you. You know, job. good job. I'm Casey. proud of myself for making that clear, you know, job so, well done. Yes. Um, do you think you know who it was in the class? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you think he was probably like mad about it? Or do you think he was just like, well, definite, definite feminist on our hands? I don't know. And I don't really care. Yeah. Good for you. Good point. <laughs> Why do I care? Good point. Yeah. That's great, man. Yeah. But teaching a lot and um, I'm directing a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and coaching and all that. And that's been fun too. I, I never, that part of it, the teaching side, I, it kind of just happened organically. And then it just became this thing that like really is fulfilling. Yeah. I mean, I'll always be a performer and nothing beats that, mm-hmm. but writing and then teaching and coaching, like, um, especially women. Uh huh. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, sure. It's just a whole nother high and that's great. It, it fills me up and I really enjoy it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool to hear. I'm so happy that even out of such a fucking shitty situation. Yeah. Last year, I, I keep saying this is my year because I don't know what else I can go through after a feces flood, a break in and my grandma passing like this has to be the this ha- this year so has to be, be better point, at least better right. and like yeah just what else can happen so um yeah it's just a year it's everything is just everything so different and changing and i'm gonna move to la and it's just i thought you were moving coming yeah, up i was gonna ask yeah i mean not till may um but still- yeah less than a year and it's like okay um yeah it's just time and um it's just a crazy, yeah, it's a crazy it's transition a time and yeah. everything's kind of up in the air. And, and it's um, like probably a time when you want to be able to own your voice and totally. your, your career as much as you can. Totally. Good for you, man. Yeah. And yeah, if I'm going to write a pilot, there's going to be strong female voices right. in it, you know? Sure. Yeah, for sure. sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, good for you, man. This Thanks. has been such a great conversation. Yeah. It's so nice to see you. I know. And talk to you. I was just thinking that too. I love your podcast and I'm so honored to be on it. Oh, you're sweet. I'm glad that you wanted to be on it. Yeah, dude. I feel like you asked so long ago and I just kept kicking it down the road. But that's here okay we are. because I don't know. I was going to say some nice quote there, but I can't think of one. <laughs> oh, I do have one. Okay. You may not have taken the path you thought you would, but you ended up where you were supposed to be. I think that's true. Right? I that was really deep. Really true. That was really deep. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing yeah. that. Uh, Casey, I love you and I mean that. Yeah, you too, girl. Baby, how you feeling? This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today and go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome.
thank you all, thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.